Yeah. Welcome to the Ashy Knuckles podcast. I'm your host, Brian W. I got my man, Mosey P in the house, Marky G. We got a special guest today, B-Boy Manimal. What's up, player? How you doing? How you doing? Nice to be here again. Ready to get some more Ashy Knuckles, punch some more bricks. Yeah, Old bricks or uh, small bricks? The, the concrete ones. Concrete ones? Okay. Not the plastic ones? <laughs> the square ones. The, ones, the cinder blocks. Square ones. The cinder blocks. The red, red crayon ones? <laughs> they taste the best. That's very good, but brick don't hit back. <laughs> We got a, a lean episode tonight, man. We just gonna do a little bit of a hang. Got the homies in here, man. A lot of old friends. Yo, we got much in the way of news. Uh, we got some fight announcements. Uh, we'll get to those in a second, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this three o'clock card, man. I'm happy I ain't gonna have to like stay up all night trying to sweat a main event at midnight. I can just you know get sauced up early, watch some violence, and then you know chill, dog. Oh, yeah, it does come on at 3 uh, p.m. Eastern time. That's oh, super yeah. early. Yeah, I think the main cards. Yeah, the main, main cards are actually good, though. Yeah, the, the main card's actually good. It's actually good. Oh, it's coming on at 12 of your time? When does the first prelim come on in your time? Like 6 a.m.? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would not mind that. Like, Going to see a main card starting at like seven. Yo, that means you got the whole night ahead of you. I, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Remember when we watched that uh, Filipino card? Started getting sauced up at like 10 a.m. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we was fucked up. Yeah. Then, then where'd we go? Oh, that, <laughs> that was, went y'all. To, uh... that was y'all two. Y'all two had a venture <laughs> after. We went to go to the, uh, the draft party. And then after the draft party, I don't know what happened after that. We I, went to I, Ale House after the draft party. I, I we am not responsible for that after that. I'm not responsible <laughs> for that. So let me tell you guys about my introduction to uh, IPAs over here in San Diego. I go to the bar. It's called True North over here in North Park. And uh, we're watching the Triple G Canelo fight. You know, it went down. Triple G won the fight. And uh, I'm about like seven of them in. And you know, I'm still have I have my wits about me, but I know uh, I know Canelo lost. But I was hanging out with these Mexican dudes, and they brought me outside for some shots. I was hanging out with them for a minute, came back drunk as shit, talking about man, Canelo got robbed. <laughs> Yo, James, switch my whole story up. <laughs> oh no! Wait a minute, Canelo got robbed. Wait. Yeah, I'm sticking to my story. Boy, I got Canelo changed everything. <laughs> Yeah, this uh little 3 p.m. ABC card is actually decent. If you look at it, you got you got a uh, Florida Zone, Mike Perry, Platinum, Platinum. Mike Platinum, bro. His name is Mike Wakanda Perry. Who's in this corner, bro? Who's in this corner this week? <laughs> Who's in the corner? Is Did he get girl? another girlfriend? Or is she, is she taking care of the uh, the baby they had? Like, who's in his corner? 
Like, straight up. No, I don't think he's with her anymore. I think they split after the last time. After the abuse allegations. Oh, no, different yeah. girl. Different girl. The one different I was in Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he knocked her up. Uh, Wait, I, don't, I don't even know. Are y'all fucking with me right now? Is this, is this you, you joking? No. Like, knocked her out? No, knocked her. No, knocked her <laughs> up. Knocked her up. Oh. Impregnation. <laughs> she got this okay. in her bed. <laughs> he planted a seed. He planted a seed. Okay, okay. Man, I was like, hold on. That would have been front page news, bro. Yo, hold on. He knocked her out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? You making, you making shit up now. No, no. So, man, yeah, got, like uh, some good fights, though, man. Like, yeah, like, up and down. That, I mean, the, the, obviously, the main event is gonna get the most attention because it's a replacement. We had at first it was gonna be Darren Till uh, versus Marvin Vittori in what would have been a potential title eliminator because you know Marvin Vittori has been on this like pretty hot win streak. He gave Israel Adesanya his toughest test at middleweight. Outside of, I would say, Calvin Gaston. And Darren Till is a guy that, you know, he's easiest, he's really easy to market. And you know, he has the stand up credentials to compete with anybody. And that probably, if he gets, a, if, if Darren would have came in there and starched Marvin, you, you could have definitely got a title shot out of that. Oh, yeah. But, they would have marketed the hell out of that shit. Fuck yeah. Where, where is he from? The UK, right? UK? Yeah, he's from the UK. UK versus um New Zealand. Yeah, they yeah. Were it would it would been definitely it would have definitely been a spot for either guy. Like, because Marvin could have came in there too. If he comes in and he looks super impressive, he can definitely get a title shot as well. Yeah, for sure. Ravioli, Stromboli. <laughs> He would be the first Italian UFC champ. Italian. An Italian. That boy said, Ciambella. <laughs> yeah, the second fight on that card for the main card is uh, Nina. Oh, my God. Nunez. Yo, Nunez now. That, that name just messed me up because I'm looking at it, and I'm like, did they spell something wrong? And I forgot they're married. That's Nina, Champ Champ's wife. Is it, is it uh, Nina now, Nunez? Nina Nunez, okay. Versus Mackenzie Dern. That's a scrap. Mm-hmm. Okay, when the podcast is over, remind me about this because I got some shit that I wanted to say about Nina Ansonoff and Amanda Nunez. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We can't go there. Can we? Can't we can't go there. Hold on, this is a satellite, right? We can cuss, we can talk shit. Ain't this not a kids program, is it? It's explicit. Okay. Uh, is, it, is it rated E for no, problematic? Definitely not rated E. Problematic it's not E for everyone. Okay, okay, okay. I, I might offend some people with this shit, so I'll wait till we off the motherfucking air. I got you though. Okay, then after that we got smiling Sam Alvey versus uh, what's the name? Cuban Missile Crisis. AKA uh, Miley Cyrus's Valentine. <laughs> so, Julian Marquez. Yeah. That uh, okay, okay. Julian. 
He's actually the favorite too. He had a good. His last fight was really good. He looked really good his last album. So I would. I'll and, and I and Sam. Sam um, was smiling. Sam. He's been a little rocky, man. Like very up and down. Falling the gatekeeper. Yeah. Status. Always entertaining though. Because he's always smiling. Yeah, you definitely need to uh, put on a good performance here, but we'll see. And the uh, main, uh, not the main event, the co-main events, uh, Arnold Allen against Sodiq Youssef. Ooh. I'm kind of high on that uh, Youssef kid. I want to see more of him. He got some really good power. Really, really good. Uh, is, he, is he like, uh, he's not an African dude? Nah, man. I think he's from uh, uh, Iraq. No, nah, he's Nigeria. He's another Nigerian. <laughs> Iraq. Hey, check his cup, bro. From Iraq, bro. I'm telling you, man. He's from Iraq. <laughs> okay, I'm joking. What? 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 I'm joking, I'm joking bro. It's a Muda. <laughs> Definitely Zamunda. <laughs> Let's get into these fight announcements before we go, go too far off the rails. Um, oh, yeah, well, no. First of all, uh, the replacement fight, re- replacement fighter for Martin Vittori in the, he- in the headliner to this car coming up this weekend is uh, the loudmouth himself. Mr. I talked about the whole fight extraordinaire, Kevin Holland. So that should be a good one. Look, Kevin got had a pretty rough outing. Uh, I think Mosey called it. He said it's gonna be a lot of wrestling. You were right, Uh I, I, I expected him to like knock him out though. Even he did piece him up on the feet, but he got scooped up. Bro, uh, he had him doing the fucking new legs, but <laughs> Derek found a way. He found a way, bro. He's like, if I can touch your legs, if I can just grab these legs. That's the conductor, bro. Derek Brunson's the conductor. He derails every hype train. Straight up. Chugga, 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 chugga. If you beat him, you're good. Like, straight up. If you beat him, you're good. Yeah, that's, that's basically what it is. If you can get past Derek Brunson, you got a legit chance to fight for the fucking title. However... He has claimed many names, many good names too. He fucked Machida up, knocked him out. He knocked out. Well, he has a lot of knockouts to be a wrestler. If you look at his resume, Derek Brunson has a lot of fucking knockouts. How many, how many times at that point? How many times had Machida been knocked out? Um, that's a, knocked that's a good question. He definitely Machida was definitely you know getting pieced up. But Derek got a lot of good names on his resume. If you look at his whole resume as uh, as a fighter, he got some clean knockouts, bro. He's kind of like his. That's basically his strength slash weakness is when he gets you hurt, he just basically goes bananas. He leaves chin wide in the air and he swings for the fences. So he connects y'all there. But if you if you got a good counter game, you can knock him out too. So. He looked more disciplined in the um, Kevin Holland fight. He had his chin tucked in more. He had his hands up more. Was that the first uh, camp that he went down south with? Down Florida? Yeah, that was his first camp. Because where he was training uh, North Carolina before? 
Yep, he has he had his own gym before. So when you get a guy like that, and then they start adding technique, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit's scary. Bro, he got real power, and and his left hand has real power. He's a southpaw, and he's a, a, a decorated wrestler. He can wrestle with anybody. So if he gets some, all he I, I would say all he really needs is someone that can give him real game plans and better defense, and he could be a he could be a title contender for sure. Train down south. What is it? ATT. Yep. Oh, yeah. He he never killed me. So um, the 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 fight announcements that I saw this morning, uh, some pretty good ones. But I'll start with the the most recent. Um, Aspen Ladd is taking on Macy Chasson. Oh, speaking of Macy's, Macy Barber also got a fight coming up. Miranda. Maverick, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. She's coming back soon. She said, "Yeah, that's, that should be a good one." It's a lot of lady announcements because I got another lady announcement. We got Angela over Kill Hill and Amanda Ibas. Ooh, 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 ooh. Mm-hmm. She be smiling all the time. She got knocked out twice and she was still smiling. <laughs> yeah, that that, that, that same pop-up. fight. That pop-up. Got <laughs> yeah. She caused some damage to my pockets, bro. Not to hers, though. That's why she was smiling. She must have been, been on the other girl. Because <laughs> she was a huge, under, a huge favorite, and she got bodied. <clears throat> nah, she had all the, um, the momentum going into that fight. Yeah. And she's a jiu-jitsu ace, but she got pieced up before it got to the ground, so. Yeah. We also have um, some welterweight action to, in the fight announcement um, portion of the show. We got Neil Magny going uh, toe-to-toe with Jeff Neal. The part-time Longhorn waiter? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Neal. That would be him. Je- yeah, Jeff had a, he had a rough one his last fight. Was that Kyle? Wonder Boy. What yeah, do you um, expect? Like, it, was, it was a little rough. Yo, I'm over here waiting tables and shit, and they got me fighting this karate expert. What What do you expect? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what What? am I supposed to do? That man said, would you like some extra butter and biscuits? Oh, shit, I got to I gotta go. <laughs> Hi, uh... Exactly. <laughs> Did you say you worked at Longhorn? Yeah, he's a waiter. At, at oh, is he a bus boy? He's either a bus boy or a waiter at Longhorn. That's fucking disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, that tells you how much the UFC pays these guys. Like, literally, I still got to work my part-time job just to make ends meet. For real, bro. And this dude's, like, fighting on main events. And and, and he's good. It's crazy. So what's stipulated in these contracts? Do they not get, like, medical? Do they get, like, any of this? Or do they only get paid when they fight? I think it, it it depends. Every person's contract is a little bit different, but they have to show up to promote. You know what I mean? All that stuff. Like, I mean, they 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 have to get paid to do all this other kind of stuff. If you if you're gonna keep them under contract so they can't fight in other, you know, in these other arenas or with these other companies, then you gotta. It's the same thing almost with the WWE man. That's kind of like a really dirty way. If they're like contractors or they keep them under contract, they are contractors. That is for sure. They are contract. 
Um, they get paid for a lot of the advertisements that they do. Like if, anytime they do like a interview or a conference or anything like that, they get paid for that. I don't know how much, but they get paid to do all the media for the UFC. Now, if they're just going to like MMA Junkie and doing a regular interview, they ain't getting paid crap for that. No, but, they're not getting paid by the UFC for that. Yeah, no, get an agent. exactly. But in that same sense, though, if you're not an established fighter that they're inviting to do these things, you ain't ever making that money. No. So it's basically like a pyramid type deal where the higher you get up the ladder, the more you get paid. Because guys like some of these guys we just talked about that are going to be on these free cards on Saturday, they're probably going to be getting like 2000 to show, 2000 to win, or 5000 to show. No, that's a little bit more. It's like 10 10, yeah. 10 10. It's like 10 10 2020. Some of them are getting like, they're not all getting that. Like, um, if you look at some of the fighters, um, their payouts, they're, they need that bonus to make them. To make that fight make sense, because a lot of them are getting like five thousand, five thousand, two thousand. They, they don't do that anymore. Bellator still does that, and PFL still does that. But the UFC has raised their minimums to I think fifteen or like ten, ten or fifteen, fifteen, which Even isn't great by any means for every but, fight. Or yeah, yeah. Even okay. the lower ones, they're they're. I think the minimum is ten, ten, but. Once again, that's 20k plus you have to pay your manager, you have to pay your uh your gym, all your trainers and everything. So you're really only walking away with probably 5k at the end of that. And that's assuming, that's assuming you win. Yeah, exactly. Cuz if you lose, you're not getting 10 10, you're getting 10. You yeah. get 10. You yeah. get 10. And then you still yeah. have to pay all those people. Exactly. So that's why you see the guys on the undercards kind of like going all out because they get that 50K. That's, that's five times their money, you know, what they, what they would have gotten if it's 10K. So uh, we, can, we can go for a long time about fighter pay. Look, it fucking sucks. They don't get, they get paid dick actually for. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I got one. I got one. I got one. What's up? Mighty Mouse. Ooh. <laughs> Did you guys see? Hey. That man for the last two weeks has been talking about how knees yeah. on the ground should be legal in all MMA aspects. He and asked he for it. it. He asked for it. I seen him on that uh, Brandon Schaub uh, food truck diaries, him and uh, Eddie Alvarez, and he was saying all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got a, a big serving of a knee. Yeah. He goes, yeah. oh, you like knees on the ground? Here's one. <laughs> I made it just for you. <laughs> just for you. That was fucked up. Like, when I first but, seen it, I was like, oh, shit. They could do that? <laughs> like, oh, shit. <clears throat> but yeah, then right before that. There, oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I was going to say, for a second there, I was having flashbacks of... Uh, my boy Rich Franklin back in the day when he was a Muay Thai expert and then Anderson, Anderson Silva was like, how about these knees? Oh, he's blocking all of them. Yeah, with his face. <laughs> That's how you gotta block them sometimes. No, but before that, I had seen the uh, 
the highlights, or I don't even know if you want to call it highlights, of Eddie Alvarez getting DQ'd for hitting the guy in the back of the head so hard. Like, it looked painful. I felt bad for the guy. He couldn't continue. I don't understand what Eddie was supposed to do. That, that was sarcasm. Sorry. I don't get it. Like, this, was he supposed to just, like, beg him to keep his head still? Like, okay, sir, can you keep your head in place while I punch you? Hold up, man. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stay right here. And then I can hit you. Because it was like, the man, I mean, this it was an obvious ground and pound situation. We've seen this, like, countless times in MMA where a guy's, you know, ran down punches from the top. And the dude's just trying to avoid getting fucking hit in the face. So he's moving around. He'll move his head, and then he start getting hit in the back of the head. Which, when he threw the strike, it wasn't aiming for the back of the head, but it it's the way it landed because dude turned his head to the side. Referee gave him a warning. He was like, "Look, you know, whatever." So he pushes his face to the other side, starts doing it again. The guy turns his head to the other side, and he got popped in the back of the head again. And the referee's like, "No, no that's it, that's it." I'm like, "Wait a minute, you can see dudes." Um, card in, card out, get poked in the eyes, get kicked in the nuts, and they go, they separate you, give you some time to recover and all that shit. But they don't just snap DQ you after two fouls. How do you DQ that guy after that when it's, he's obviously in an advantageous position and he got dude down? Like, you can't help it that that guy's moving his head. You have to take yourself at all times. So if you're pushing your head to the side to where you get punched in the back of the head, that's your fault, G. It's not like he turned his head. And held him there. It was like start stuffing him in the back of his head. So we're never, you're never going to get away from from an era of where a referee can step in and make the wrong call. It's oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen intermittently through our lives. And we're going to hate each time it happens. Like remember, at one time Herb Dean was like the most hated man for early stoppage. Then he turned into the guy that let that shit rock. <laughs> so like. Now he's just uh, too slow to break it up. He's not fast enough. <laughs> no, he's letting that shit rock. Matches, man. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, hey, I mean, when you when when you have somebody that, that that's in there and they don't see the same thing you see because they're looking at a different angle, or they might have a fighter like directly in front of them, they can't see the action. Like, shit's gonna happen. Bro, Herb Dean, the kind of referee that would be like. He'd be telling fucking uh, Eric Gardner, defend yourself. Defend yourself. Like, nigga, he dead, huh? Defend yourself. <laughs> but he doesn't ever want to be known for that for stopping a fight too early because he caught so much shit for that. So think about it. I, to, to be, I'm, I'm in that camp. I'd rather a fight get stopped a little bit too late than a little bit too early. Unless, unless you're the dude catching brain damage. Hey, man, uh, when you get in the cage, you know what you signed up for? <laughs> it's a thin line. It's a thin line because the ref is in there to protect you from yourself. You ain't so wearing no safety He's trying to like do the best to protect you, but you know they only see what they see. He was Amen. the greatest uh, ref forever for catching Tim Sylvia's broken arm, but that nobody else saw. But now he's like he got shit on for one fucking call. I feel like I like that's why I, I appreciate the referees that give you a chance to be a warrior. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know I see what Marky's saying is like 
he stopped the fucking fight, and Tim Sylvia was ready to fucking let the shit rock, but that's a life-threatening injury. What if that shit would have shredded one of your arteries? You're dead. Yeah, and okay. he's still he's dealing like, with it today. That same broken arm. <clears throat> he's you know what? I don't give a fuck. I feel like I'd rather, I'd rather the fighters... I want the fight to be in the hands of the combatants, not the referees, not the judges. I want the guys that are fighting to decide the outcome as much as possible. And if you get a situation where, yeah, you may have stopped it one or two punches too late, that's I'm okay with that. I'll live with that instead of you stopping it one or two punches too early. Like, we, we've seen plenty of fights in the past where you think, like, man, that guy's out of there. And then he resurrects from the dead and then KOs the other guy. Um, I got a good example I will use. Um, Czech Congo versus Pat Berry. Pat Berry had Czech Congo on skates. He had him on, he had Czech Congo on skates. And out of nowhere, uh, because the referee allowed him to be a warrior, out of nowhere, he lands a flush left hand, drops Mike Matt, um, drops my boy Mike, well, Mike Perry, Mike Perry. Pat Berry. <laughs> Pat, Pat Berry. He drops Pat Berry and puts him to sleep. Now, if you stop that fight when Czech Congo is sliding all over the ring with the Bambi legs because you want to protect the fighter, you don't get moments like that. So I think it's good to let let him go. Like if the guy's obviously out and he's like, you know, getting eaten unnecessary damage, then yeah, you stop it. But if he's fighting back, if he's for real trying to get back to his feet, if he's intelligently trying to advance and trying to fight, give him a shot. That's how I feel. But it's the spur of the moment where like those refs that they're seeing that shit that we don't see. You know, yeah. they got the front row view, like over anybody. And it's all split second stuff too. Like it's not like yep. they're doing it. It's they're making a decision in real time. We yeah. we have we have the ability to play like armchair quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they get this the is where we are. So can see now. like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is our chance. <laughs> That's, I'm like, yo, fuck it. If he dies, he dies, bro. Like, let the boys, let the boys scrap it out, man. I rather because this is the thing. I rather that than the guy go like, oh, man, you ain't really be. Oh, just get ready. Like how Nick Diaz, not Nick, but Nate was saying when um fucking when his fight against in, in the BMF title fight. When Martin, I mean, um, Masvidal was fucking him up. I mean, I feel like I felt that was an early stoppage. I feel like, look, let him go, let him go. Like he's, I mean, he looked. I mean, obviously, to everyone besides Nate, he was getting his ass whooped. But we've seen Nate come back while he looked worse for wear. His face—you can't judge a fight by how someone looks. You seen Bisbean's fucking eye? <laughs> the fake eye? <laughs> the fake eye. Yeah. Vitor knocked so, it out. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, so like I see what you're saying. I would have let that shit rock. He can get a fake eye. But like but the diff- the difference with like, Tim Sylvia is like that dude could die. You know what I'm saying? So like one is, you know, like fuck his eye, but like those like I, I, I I feel for the dude's life. <laughs> well, it's like his, arm, his arm's okay, but the eye, he don't need it. He got two of them. Yeah. Yeah, career enders, but one's a huge life changer. <laughs> well, one-eyed Mike, that's what you saying? One-eyed Mike? What's up, Mike? 
was it um Big Nogera and Frank Mir where he popped this shit? Yo, he took that oh, shit home. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. oh my god, yeah, he kept it. Frank Mir did that to quite a few people, dude. But you know, Nogueras don't tap. Oh, that's why. <laughs> what are you gonna do? He's like, he's like, bro, I got you. He's like, no, you don't. I can get out of this. He's like, get out of that. Get out of that, pricks. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so nasty, dude. That shit flopped. <laughs> For real. Yo, he had their number, though. Well, Frank Mir had uh, Big Nog's number. Remember he, he boxed them to death the first fight? Oh, yeah. Then Frank the second was fight, he beat him. Was okay. monster, Frank Mir was a monster. <clears throat> yeah, back in the day, Frank Mir was the man. I like Frank before Mir. that Harley accident. But I'm, even after, even after he was doing, he did some work. So yeah. Brock Lesnar showed up. He beat he Brock, Brock Lesnar the first time, and like on the ground, <laughs> like with the diddly, and like oh, <laughs> give me that ankle, okay. Not the second time. No, that second. was the introduction. Let's see no. what what Brock Lesnar hit him with the F five, and then he hit him with a clothesline <laughs> to finish him, and he pinned him in the, the middle of the ring. That's yeah, what happened. That boy got pieced up. Mm-hmm. The, second, the second time. Man, they never had the third fight, right? I Randy, think, uh, oh, I don't think so. Randy, they, they, he fought Randy Couture twice. Who? Uh, Brock. Or is it nah, just one? one time. It was one oh. and done. He gave him one fade. He gave him. <laughs> he gave him one, one guard all the way around. I mean, Brock had a good career in the UFC. <laughs> he did, bro. I mean, he did. He did. Like, he beat some good people. I mean, Ooh. come on, dude. Who gave, like, that was a ridiculous fucking fight to set up in the first fucking place. But, like, it was just, like, part of the lore of, of, like, of Randy Couture. Like, he's old. He's undersized. He'll beat your ass. Like, throw him up against anybody. Let's throw him against this fucking 280-pound fucking Division A wrestler. <laughs> right? It's twice the size. This motherfucker's 280 pounds, but going a little light. I'm pretty sure a- Brock's over 300. And he's probably yeah. having all the steroids. <laughs> yeah, that, that was you know, that was the juicy Brock too. That was pre yeah. That was yeah. They just gave him a pass on all his tests. They were like, "All right, you want, we got Usada back, but when you fight Mark Hunt, let's just ignore all testing." I think Brock's like drug test was a fucking written test. <laughs> oh no, they came back negative before the fight. They just said, uh, we're just gonna ignore that till after the fight. And then they announced it, and Brock's like, Oh, did I get suspended? All right, I'm retiring. I just made this 50 mil. See you later. Dude's a fucking the shark from uh from Suicide Squad 2. Brock Lesnar, are you currently on any performance enhancing drugs? Yes or no? Circle, no. It's, it's like that. We could. No. I am do I have, I, I am a man of integrity. This is all natural. I guarantee you, like everybody is on the juice in WWE, even the fucking commentators. <laughs> everybody. I mean, everybody Vince McMahon's on it. Everyone's on it. Shane McMahon's on it. What the fuck? <laughs> but if you, but to, in, in in uh Brock's defense, Randy Couture was kind of like the giant slayer though. He did beat Tim Sylvia, and Tim Sylvia is way bigger too. 
Yeah, Tim Sylvia was like nine foot two or something like that. Eight to seven feet long, about three hundred. He was I mean, Think about it, dude. That at the at that time, the heavyweight division was like in shambles, dude. There was like who who were who were the top contenders, man? Like Tim Sylvia was like was it, and Randy Couture and like Arlovsky. Arlovsky was like, oh my god, dude! Like he was, he, was, he was killing it. He was killing it until he got, uh, he got what he he beat Tim Sylvia, and then after that he got uh. Tim Sylvia KO'd his ass. And then all yeah, of a sudden he and then he got knocked out. Glass Glass Joe. Joe. He was just Glass Joe after that. <laughs> Glass Joe. He's, he's still competing at a high level, though. <laughs> you have the weakest chin in the game. <laughs> to this day! <laughs> no, but that was, that was the beginning of a blossoming uh, heavyweight division at the time because then you had entered Kane and Junior Dos Santos and... Brandon Vera. But that was like... Brandon did have like two fights at heavyweight where he was like, oh shit, this guy might be able to bounce back and forth. Actually, yeah, I was looking forward to him. My bad. But like Brandon Barry is still a heavyweight champ. Yeah. He did. He beat, I mean, he got some good wins, but god damn, he had some bad losses. He got fucked up at light heavyweight. That was at the time that their camp, their camp had like uh, Matt Hughes. They had uh, what's his name in the lightweight, Jens Pulver. They had uh, yeah. man, Frank who, not yeah, Frank Gere, uh, Rich Franklin, Rich Franklin, Rich Franklin, and mm-hmm. uh, Tim Sylvia and Matt Hughes. They were all champions. There was somebody else. Oh, Jens you Pulver. mean just the champs? Yeah, Jens Pulver. Yeah, Jens Pulver was in there. Yeah, they had a squad until Anderson showed up. GSP. Uh, Said you're not my little I am yeah. no longer best your performance. Yeah, that that GSP showed up, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, Andre Arlovski got his dub. <laughs> Bro, uh, you did mention earlier that Anderson Silva versus Rich Franklin. Bro, that shit was insane. Cause Rich was like the man, like fucking Ace Ventura looking Jack Diesel. He was like fucking everybody up at middleweight. And then Anderson was like, let me hold my acai real quick. Let me show you something. Bro. <laughs> so he changed the game with the clinch. Like literally, he yeah. changed the game. Like, Bro, clinch was, like nasty. Rich had no answer. He was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? They do this here? I didn't sign up for this. Did you see like, his hey, eyes? You ever heard of the plum? <laughs> yeah. Did you see his eyes when he was getting like lit with the knees to the stomach? He was looking at the clock like, how much more time? <laughs> I Bro, <laughs> <laughs> that's back when we had the best. Like Goldberg was so underrated because we had we had Mike Goldberg losing his fucking mind. A knee, a knee, trying to finish it. Bro, that shit's gonna get me so hyped. Will he survive? <laughs> Why is it? I, I wish he would come back, man. I missed that. That was the best commentary. Even though he wasn't the best commentator, it was trash commentary. He was he was perfect. <laughs> he just reacted again. That Bellator just let him go. Mike yeah. Goldberg didn't have good color. He didn't have like good like analytics. Like he didn't know. He would go like he would say goofy shit like leg kick to the legs. Or some goofy shit. But 
his color commentary was the best. Like his just his observations and what he saw, and then like this dude is violent. <laughs> no, was he the one that, that came up with Queer Street? Yeah. Was yeah. he the one that came up with Queer Street, right? No, Queer Street. That was that was definitely Mike Goldberg. That was Goldie. Damn. <laughs> you know, like uh, when the when uh, all those corner was talking to him, and he was like, he's like, he's like, he goes, he's speaking the Portuguese. No, no, sorry, not Mike Goldberg, but Sexy Amas coaches were talking to him. He's like, he's speaking the Portuguese. He goes, like, bro, he's speaking Japanese. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, dude, you don't want to marry an Asian girl. <laughs> Yo, wow. Goldie, I'm so fucking random. Uh, he was great, though. Uh, where's, he, uh, where's he commentating at? Nowhere. They just let him go on Bellator, so he ain't got nothing right now. Uh, He's free agent. Bro, him, like, the, the Goldie-Joe Rogan combo was the best. Is he going to be in the UFC Hall of Fame? Oh, I highly doubt it, the way that they let him go. Man, that's some bullshit, man. I mean, even with all, you know, even with all his little faux pas or whatever, dude, he deserves a spot, man. Yeah. He will like always be back. known for that shit. The Goldie Age. Yeah. Leg kick to the legs. <laughs> He's like, straight right hand. He's like, bro, that was the left. But that's when they had the stats for uh, their... um. You know what I'm talking about, the, the old school stats. Yeah, 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 all that, all that, all that. Improved ground game. And grand all that. Great cardio. You remember those? Extremely strong. Those are the best. Now they got, like, real stats now. No, they got the analytics. Yeah, they straight up. Wait, in that in that era, they just described that motherfucker, bro. They were just describing <laughs> they were like athletic build, explosive. <laughs> they don't do that shit no more, man. They need to bring that back. There were they some crazy, there, there were some funnier ones. You gotta look them up. No, they were, they were back in. I, I remember the, the the stats back then when they would do um, the fighter matchups. You know how they would have them like with the little. Produce mist, like like spraying the background, and he be doing little combos and shit. Like, <laughs> and they're playing the gladiator music. Yes. Yeah. And then they cut down to like do, huh, huh. And then the guy was like, he don't want to I swear he's gonna be in there with me. I got him, man. If I get him down to the ground, it's my time. This guy has no idea. I've been training the ground game for six years now. I'm not afraid. They guys have been cut back and forth and shit. That's and then it's back to the fucking gladiator music, and the other guy starts talking. Yes, bro. Remember the intro, the gladiator intro. Yes, yeah. bro. Yeah. yeah, you would pick up the sand and shit. I need to listen to myself. <laughs> 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 bro, you, hey, you see the guy in the back, the guy in the crowd, they should do the crowd who's clearly fucking lit. He's like, 
fortune. <laughs> With the affliction shirt on? <laughs> no, it was a tap out shirt, bro. <laughs> That was the that was the most fun time. But for real, it was that's, when it, that's before when, it got that, like full sport though. When that song came on and you were uh, whenever we watched girl, that shit was so fucking hype. You already knew what time it was. You knew you were about to get three to four hours of violence. <laughs> Mike Goldberg. Like these new fans just, just they just don't know. They just don't know. That was That's probably day. best that they don't know actually. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, was yeah. great. But it was um special. Production value was not there at all. It was something no. else. It was something else. But it was becoming what it is now. You know what I'm saying? We we actually like saw it go through. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we've been fans before. You know what I'm saying? UFC was hot. You know, uh, Pride and all those other K1. You know what I mean? So like the first, the first UFCs happened in Puerto Rico when I was living there in like 96. So my uh my uh cousins and uncles were like showing me this crazy ass show. I was like, whoa, I can't believe it. I thought it's like this ain't boxing. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I remember VHSs. Yeah, yeah I watched my was getting them uh the ultimate knockouts and shit from on like uh VHS. That's when the UFC only came on like once every few months or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe two, three fights a year, if that. Yeah, something like that. Basically, I remember we caught up to it to where we got the the point where we was waiting for that shit to come on at Hooters. We had watched all the old ones that we got all the tapes from uh, Blockbuster or whatever, and we finally caught up. We finally seen Tito. That's when even the internet was terrible. You remember that shit? (laughs) We didn't even know who won. We was just going for Tito against Chuck, and and fucking Chuck won every time. We're like, fuck. Damn it again! Damn this guy! Boy, that first tough man, that shit blew up, man. Like everybody yeah. on that fucking show turned into a superstar. Like after that, man, like that shit, the UFC blew up quick. Yeah, everybody, was- everybody, come on, Thatcher didn't go anywhere. He oh, was my- still training his abandoned gas station. One or two fighters didn't become a a a list fighters. Right. <laughs> Looking back though, that that fuck it was. There was a lot of that roster was deep. That oh, first time, yeah, Penny Florian, Diego Sanchez, uh, all them dudes. Oh man, Joe Lozon, was, uh, not Joe Lozon. Uh, what's his name? Joe Chris Stevenson. Steven. Yeah, Chris Stevenson. Yeah, uh, Chris Stevenson uh, was. Uh, well, that dude was pretty good at first. What What's his next fight? Hey, what is his fight? next fight? What, what's Chris Stevens' next fight? Huh? He's fucking bare knuckle. Bo- he's bare knuckle boxing, dude. Yes, he I is. think he's retired from that too. Is he? I mean, you could only probably have about two of those. No, one of my coworkers was talking to me. One of my coworkers was talking to me about UFC, and he's like, "Oh man, Chris Levin was my boy. When's his next fight in the UFC?" And I was like, "What the?" 
Oh. His next fight in the UFC is on Xbox. Yes. I don't even think rent. he's in the game. You got to play UFC 2 or so. His next fight is you got to rent the VHS for Blockbuster now to see the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Homie's on Fight Pass. Well, oh yeah. well, yeah, he's on Fight Pass. Fight Pass. Yeah. Anderson? <laughs> I mean, his last fight was Uriah Hall in 2013. Damn. They, they use him as uh, to hype up Uriah Hall. They're like, we need a name for him to beat. Give him Chris Levin. That is crazy how, like, when, they, when they're done with you, bro, they start feeding you to the fucking Lions, bro. They be like, oh, word, you're at the end of your contract. You want to renegotiate your, your deal? Good fucking luck with that. Uh, here's a new up-and-coming killer. Yo, Fuck it up. <laughs> you look at it, that's oh. what they did with Woodley, if you think about it. Bro, for real, like I, that's what I was telling my boy. I'm like, bro, if you don't, if you when you're the champion and you you like talking shit, bro, like they're like you can't. Your your next every every they can put you on a bumpy road on the way down, because it's like all the best killers, unless they like you, then like they can kind of cobble you a little bit and give you like some favorable matchups. But if you fall out of grace with Sean Shelby and them boys, they're like, man, fuck him up. Mm-hmm. See, and that's sure. another that's another avenue too. It's like the politics. Like you know, if certain if you don't play the politics, if you're not like a popular fighter, then you know, like you got to play the game. I guess you know, certain 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 fighters like uh they they suck up, and then there's certain the bad boys that like stick on the outside that that say fuck the organization. You know what I mean? Like you start to make waves, you know, and you're not like and you're not like selling out seats, then you know you're. you're you can be walked out the door. They'll bring somebody else in. Right. They're all replaceable. Yeah. They can market the right other people. Yeah. Straight up. I mean, you, you, you already seen so many manufactured careers. You look at Connor's career. You look at Ronda Rousey's career. Ronda Rousey. You look at, uh, like, they all have, like... The, Tuck Liddell. What's up? Tuck Liddell. Well, Liddell, he beat... Nah, he, fought, he fought some people, though. He, he beat everybody. Yeah. So it wasn't like, what I mean by like uh, the curated careers. Like McGregor fought at 145, and you know he's like killing himself to get the 45. So he fought guys where he always had an, a height and reach advantage over and a weight advantage over. So it played into his skill set. The same with Rousey. Rousey was kind of like a little bit less her fault then it was more of a product of just the women's division being thin. But if you look at Conor McGregor's career, there were guys around that could that he could have um, competed with, but he always happened to dodge the better fighters. Like, so like he would get, like, matchups where he's fighting a guy that's, like, five foot six or some shit or 5'5". Five five. Um, the only guys that he did compete against that were even in that realm could be spoken about today that were even remotely good at 145 were Dustin Poirier and... Um, Max Holloway, but you take away those two, it was like a who's who's list of midgets. I mean, Max Holloway back then was in his second fight in the UFC. Correct. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like he still got that was the that was the only true tests that he had to go through. He passed those tests. Don't get me wrong, and this is not taken away from Conor McGregor. But what I'm saying is he got a lot of fights that were in his favor to stack up wins in order to get to that title. And even when he got to the title, the guys that he competed against, you know, he got Eddie Alvarez for the for his champ champ. 
that's a good matchup for him. He's uh, fighting Chad the- Mendes was a uh, a good test for him though. Chad Mendes was a replacement though. Remember he's supposed yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Chad with a whole camp. Uh, that fight might have went differently. Chad gassed him like the second round. He wasn't even you know training for a fight. He took that fight on short notice. And still, that's still kind of a that's still a matchup favorite for McGregor outside of the wrestling that Mendez has. When you talk about like the because every fight starts on the feet and at distance, and that's all McGregor's um, favorite against Mendez. Why would you ever take? Why would you ever agree to take a fight on on short notice? Especially against, you know what I mean. If, if so, like this is the this is the difference between like boxing and UFC because like they they put more of an emphasis on your record. But if you have a couple losses and you're an MMA fighter, it's like no big deal. Yeah, that's that's somewhat true. Um, if you're popular and you got some losses, it's no big deal. But if you're not, then yeah, you can't have you can't have losses, bro. Like you start if you're not if you're like. Not a person that can like move the needle as far as sales are concerned or marketability is concerned. You, you get a few losses, you can kiss the fucking baby on that. Oh, Masvidal. We remember we were talking about it earlier. Like he's he's on the hype train now, but like you know, like a lot. I feel like a lot. Like well, he got that. Like we were talking about the, how he got the Usman fight. Who who uh, who should be up against Usman next? Uh well to to review Masvidal if you look at his career um he had he had a lot of close losses and um decisions earlier in his career and then he did have some kind of lackluster fights too but what made Masvidal famous is that two things the viral knee when he fucking knee Ben Askren and put him to sleep with the super necessary punch oh, body there until I would say when he bodied there until that was well, on the same year that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that was all one spot. Before that, no one, no one thought about Masvidal except for, oh, that's the guy that used to fight outside in Miami with Kimbo. That's what people would say whenever you mention Jorge and Masvidal. They would call him George back then. When you mentioned George Masvidal, they would be like, oh. hey, disrespecting the name. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah, the dude that fought the street fight and shit. You George. know, look at all of them. George. When he gave in England, because he went undefeated in England, when he when he knocked out Darren Till and, and he pieced up Leon Edwards at backstage, that kind of gave him like this. He went viral from that, and that's another thing. Like in this internet era, where highlight reels get you the dollars, bro. If you can put together a few highlight reel knockouts, talk some shit, get the fans online buzzing about you. That's what uh, moves the needle. And you said earlier that if you got there's a politic level to this, and there is because that's like anything else in life. Everything in life, there is a level of politics to it, especially when you're talking about working for a company. If you're not an independent contractor, if you're not a kind of person that, or you're not an entrepreneur where you rely solely on your sweat and then your content going out to um, your viewers and then your buyers, if you gotta go to, if you work for a company, you gotta play the game, bro. Or, I mean, they're going to find someone that will. And I, it's kind of, it kind of sucks for a purist, from a purist standpoint. If you're a pure fan of just, I want to see the best fight the best. You mentioned boxing earlier. Boxing does a fuck the, fucking horrible job of that. You, we watch boxers all throughout their careers. You're like, man, 
This is the fight to make, this guy versus this guy. And you can look throughout history of boxing. It never happens until it's like, I guess outside of like 70s, those fights never come to be. You never see those fights until like it's too late. Now, in the, in the era of now, yeah, so you're right. Like back when boxing was the, was the shit, those, that's when they made the matchups. Like the matchups happened because they wanted to see the matchups. But then all of a sudden when it became about the money, and endorsements and deals and like promotions. Promotions fucked it all up. But uh, okay, so you you said boxing now. Boxing's been that way for the last forty years. Yeah. Because you look at the Tyson era, Holyfield was always there. Holyfield was always calling Tyson out. So was Lennox Lewis. They were all there at the same time when Tyson was running through people in five and one minute, knocking him out first round. Those guys were still calling his name. But he, they never got those fights until late in Tyson's career. A lot of times, too, a lot of times, too, when, when you're the fucking man, you know what I mean? Some people, you, it's time, like, I'm not going to defend, you know, or see where, where Lennox or Lewis was at the time or, or, uh, or Holyfield. But, like, a lot of people, you, people are calling you out constantly. When you're on top, motherfuckers throw stones. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody deserves a shot. If you got this dude that's a young up and comer, you know, if you go up against him and you lose, it makes you look even worse. So you, you need to pick and choose who you give these shots to because it could make or break your own career. No, that's that's extremely true. However, these guys were champions. They weren't like like Lennox Lewis was a champion, and so was um so was uh, Holyfield. They weren't just like up and coming guys. They were they had clout. Like Holyfield was the um in fact. Holyfield moved up to heavyweight because he was a cruiserweight champion. He was like he was the guy who was like right in that one ninety five range that moved up and he like and became you know a heavyweight title holder as well. But they were all calling for Tyson uh, because Tyson had this hype machine behind him. He had the, the you say like promotion. He had the promoter behind him that was willing to get him the fights that would make him, you know, they were all, I wouldn't say they were tailor-made for him, but they were he was marketed. They found a way to market him, yeah. Right, they're like, no, this guy's good. Like, you don't got time to go get a pop, get popcorn. You don't got time for that. He's going to knock you out in the first round. And with Tyson's style, you know he was that furious. And at early in his career, he had a really good defense, too. Super explosive, fast combination puncher, and he was putting everybody's fucking lights out. That's what made him, like, the most dangerous man on the planet. Um... But like like I was saying earlier, if you don't play that corporate game where you have that promotion machine behind you, you don't get to see those fights between the top two fighters or the top guys in those weight classes. And you see it still to this day. Like even you look at um, boxing right now, probably the, the two best pound for pound guys are not fighting each other. You got, um, you know. And, uh, Joshua, you talking about Joshua and uh, DeAndre, or no, no, um, I was, I, I was talking about. Well, I mean, they're they're gonna fight. That's gonna happen. I want to see that. They all have losses, so it's gonna happen. Um, because I was talking about more like um, Errol Spence and um, Terrence Crawford. Like these guys are like some of the best in the world, and they don't got losses. They just like continuously winning. They're beating everybody you put in front of them, but they're not fighting each other, and. He, he, that's, that kind of happens, and people give Mayweather shit, but he fought the who's who. He didn't fight Pacquiao when everyone wanted him to fight Pacquiao, but I'm not sure if that would have mattered given Pacquiao's it career. Been, it would have been the same outcome, I think. 
And uh, if you look at, um, he fought Canelo when Canelo was young, but they go like, oh, well, Canelo was too young. But if he fought, he fought Pacquiao, and they like, yo, he was too old. I'm like, what? You can't have it both ways. Like, if he, if, if you give him, if you get the guy, you get a young, hungry lion, and Canelo was fucking everybody up, and Mayweather was able to beat that guy. Don Mayweather you, beat everybody, dude. Cotto, like he's like, man, he's you got to give credit where credit is fucking due, man. Like, he body Ricky Hatton, he fucked up into Winky. Uh, I mean, not Winky. Uh, Oh my god. <laughs> Judah was legit. Like Zab Zab was legit. He beat Zab. He beat fucking uh Don't ever play with matches. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. But that's that's what gives me um back to the point of MMA. That was kind of the beauty of UFC slash MMA, especially in the 90s to early 2000s, is you got to see those good matchups of the best versus the best. You got to see it. Like, you, you, in when you wanted to see it, because the best guys would all fight each other. The cream would all kind of rise to the top. But you had one promoter running all the show. Like, you had just, it was just Dana White kind of making the matchups. And that, uh, and the Fertitas obviously making the matchups. But now it's kind of going closer to boxing where you see guys just like once they make it to the top five, they're kind of ducking each other to keep that spot and not fight each other so so much in certain divisions, not in everyone, but yeah. Yo, did they even have rankings back in the day? Yeah. No. yeah. Wasn't it more like mm-hmm. these two guys fighting, they're fighting next for the title and they didn't even have a rank? It was just like whoever won was fighting next for the title. Was it like- on how far back you want to go for? Like the old old days, you could literally have no record whatsoever and fight for a title. They just like, uh, we need somebody to fight this guy. You, uh, you, you in the audience. <laughs> yeah, you fight him. All right. What What are you good at? I'm good at wrestling. Good wrestling. <laughs> Them stats. <laughs> just drink a beer. Yeah, tank added. <laughs> just a bottle smashed. Just a bottle Jack, and then yeah, that's my warm up. That's my no, it, was wild, it was wild turkey, I think. I think it was wild turkey. <laughs> so if you remember, uh, Brock Lesnar took got the title shot after like one fight. He made he made he do that tech roll. Yeah, yeah, yo, he blasted him for real. Oh, that dude rolled back so fast. Oh man. And man, that dude Brock was is just so freakishly fast, man. Like he closed the distance on that roll too. Like, <laughs> where are you going? It's so crazy. I remember being there. such a Brock hater when he was coming over. I was like, oh, this motherfucker coming from uh, WWE ain't gonna do crap, whatever. But then when you actually see him explode and how fast that three hundred and fifty pound man can move, I was like, what the? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Man, yeah. I think, I think. he played. He, he played in the too. Uh, he was on the practice team. You know how hard it is to get to the practice squad. I'm just saying, he was on I the practice team. Fucking hard, like that. Okay, if you want to go like real, he didn't get. He wasn't a pro bowler like Greg Hardy or no shit like that. <laughs> but like, it's hard fuck to get on the squad in the NFL. Brendan Schaub has better credentials with the NFL. <laughs> oh my god. 
Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I guess the, the guy with the best credentials is Greg Hardy. And speaking no, of Greg Hardy, Matt Mitrio. we got oh. a college player. No, no, no. Greg Hardy's an NFL Pro Bowler. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, Cowboys, right? Panthers. He got a fight coming up, too. Panthers. Greg Hardy versus two of Asa. Yep. Shui Vasa. Good read. I'm just going to go with that one. Um, Bam Bam. Shui Vasa versus Greg Hardy. That got announced. Oh, what they said it was uh, Inhaler versus Shoe or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big dude. Bro, Greg Hardy's a legit, like, three something, too. I don't know how the fuck he gets to 265. Oh, he's huge. He got the gas tank of a fucking moped. <laughs> 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 no, that's a big, big dude, bro. He's like six or six five. And then three fucking eating all day. Gotta wear a diaper. <laughs> depends. I need my depends. Greg <laughs> uh, Hardy. Uh, yeah, it was rough for him, but uh, yeah. Watch out for him. Yeah. So this is gonna yeah. be. Somebody's going to sleep. He's a, a a closer skill level than jumping him up to Volkov like they did. Like it, yeah. it's it's a closer, a better match. Like, All right, he's ready for the big leagues, and they're like, oh well, fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The good thing about having guys uh, the stars of today were the contenders, and he come in there and he unexpectedly bodies. I love that. I love that. Yeah. From where he started. That boy used to eat cold meals. For real, he came a long way. That boy came a long way. Uh, he, well, now he's on this crazy streak fight. For the title. He grew up, Whoa. Grew up in the same with like Holloway. Yes. Who was the other guy you guys were telling me on the last five? Glover to stare. <laughs> oh, old man. That's making his shoulders and shit. Yep. That was fucking. Like, what the fuck? Like that. That can't work. It works. 
He bounced back. He did bounce back. He did bounce back. Gotta get a man a chance to be a warrior. Get the next title <laughs> shot. Like honestly. <laughs> She's willing to move up. We said, and I said, I thought I was. The guy that was another legitimate. He's like a legit. He's like not like this dude got abs. And he's. Like, you know, you look at the stats, it's like, it's just like power, like, it's like a hundred. He knocked out, he knocked out Stipe with it. Power. Yeah. That one looks like he look an action figure. Some shit you pull out of um, Tell us up. He paid down with a jab. I was like, man. The rest. And I was like, okay, like Stipe was kind of like, he kind of realized, like, I'm getting fucked up. He was like, I need to defend myself, right? And got one clean connect. Was like, I'm in there. I heard him. And then it was over. Yep. <laughs> Mistake. Bro, I seen him like. That's it. That one connect brought him back to life. Like, I can win this. I think I'm going to win this. And he got his dreams crushed. Yeah. <laughs> that, boy, that boy shot his shot. She gave him the number. That boy called. That bitch was like, Steve is powering off. <laughs> 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 Bro, like it's it's Francis is getting scary, man. He's he's proved the wrestling. Francis looks like he is not just windmilling punches. Um, it's crazy what a real camp would do. Having a good grade A competition every single week in practice, it's a scary look for the heavyweight division. I don't blame John Jones for wanting to ask for one billion dollars because. Fucking whatever he's asking for ain't enough. Cause look, that I was the I was the one saying that like John Jones was a bulkier, bigger, stronger version of John Jones would be the heavyweight king. Francis has gone. Francis has only been doing MMA for what five years now. Eight years now. Eight years now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's still he's still learning tricks to this game. And if you look at the way he hit that, that sprawl, hit that switch and took Stipe's back, that's what you see from high-level grapplers. 
You see that from high-level grapplers. You don't see that from guys eight years in. You see that from guys who've been doing it for, since they were little. And there's certain athletes who can cover the distance, like in the, the distance in grappling. Striking, it, it takes a long time. It takes a very long time to get the timing down and get the footwork down and to be able to set up your shots. It takes time. But with grappling, you, it's like you need to get it early when you're young and your muscle memory is still developing or it's just it's too late. But then every so often you see guys who can do it. Like GSP was able to do it um, late in his career after Matt Serra gave him the, the fucking noodle legs. Um, GSP was able to GSP was, GSP was able to do it, and then now we see Francis able to do it. So, what you think you know, uh, about this matchup, the potential matchup of uh, Jones versus Ngannou? Mo, man, that fight you never know. Because I don't think John Jones ever been hit by somebody like that. Ain't nobody told five hit like that. You see, you see how hard Francis hits. The closest would have been Rumble, but like, they never yeah, fought. They never fought. Like I said, John Jones is just asking for hazard pay. That's why he's asking for so much money. I think it's but if they do fight, I think John Jones will take him to the ground, and then from there, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be able to hold him down. Honestly, I don't know what he'll be able to do. That's a big dude. That's a big strong dude. Ain't nobody like that in 205. <laughs> Straight up, ain't nobody like that. There's only one guy that I can think of that's anywhere near that at 205. And that, that would be like Ovet St. Prue. In the sense that he's big. Like he's a big, strong, powerful dude. And Jones was able to take him down repeatedly. But that fight was like ass. That fight yeah. was dog water. It was very lackluster in that fight. But he wasn't supposed to fight him, right? He was supposed to fight somebody else. He took that fight against OSP. It was supposed to be originally, I think, against DC. Well, I, I thought it was supposed to be Rumble, right? Was it supposed Wait. to be Rumble? Because they were cutting the promos for the Rumble fight. Remember when he pushed them? But then I, whatever happened, that fight got... Oh, then Jones get in trouble? No, no, no. It was, it was, uh, Jones came in, and he was supposed to fight somebody else, and it was... Oh, oh wait, wait. Was it somebody else that was supposed to fight OSP? I know somebody was a replacement. I don't. I can't remember. Right. At, at, OSP was the right. replacement. Who who OSP was he was really replacing? Who was he replacing? Was it was it DC? Um, it had to be DC because uh, they ended up fighting for an interim championship. So I I oh, yeah. want to say it was DC. Wait wait! I thought he fought Gus for that. Wasn't Jones Jones Gustafson too? Wasn't that for a belt? I think that was for the actual title, wasn't it? Okay, okay. Because he had won the interim, and then I think he fought DC after that and got his belt officially back. I think. I'm not 100% sure on any of that, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Look it up. Yo, Brian, how do you see that uh, John Jones, Francis Ngannou fight going? I know you don't have a lot of experience watching Francis fight, but um, you watch a lot of John Jones. So he's fight, basically he's going against a guy who's 
super fucking powerful, athletic as hell. No, I've, but, I've seen I've seen a lot, quite a few of uh, Francis's fights. Actually. Okay, okay. So what do you, yeah, what do you like actually when you're when you're when you were talking about like in this last fight, yeah, yeah, you're starting to see everything click. Like um, all like the, the switch to his back, like that shit looked like second nature. So like it's starting to come together. So when you see something like that, I mean, but really, I I have to say the same thing about anybody who fights them. Like if that's an a that's an a list fighter, like they're gonna have a chance as long as they don't get hit. <laughs> like I mean, John Jones will probably do will probably body this man if he doesn't get hit. If he doesn't get, I mean, but that's. I mean, and that's the roll of the dice. Uh, but I think, uh, I think maybe his his he might have a little bit more speed. He might be able to like uh, fake him out with the feints and start piecing him up, maybe standing. But like, uh, as long as he keeps out of the clinch and uh, and from wrestling with them, so he doesn't get like overly tired, I think he'll have a standing chance. So when you say he, you mean Jones, right? You say Jones. Jones. Yes, okay. John Jones. John Jones is obviously going to be smaller. He's going to go in like his game plan should be like, don't let this man touch me. Like in a like in a clinch situation, up against the cage in a wrestling situation, um, because obviously he's going to he's undersized. Uh, I think he'll get tired a lot tired faster if that happens, and that can lead to him getting popped. <clears throat> but uh, Mark UG, what do you think, bro? I think John Jones can win that fight. I mean, he's a better wrestler than anybody in heavyweight right now anyways. Stipe is a good wrestler, but he doesn't use it like that anymore. So, And he was only going for single legs anyways. I think John Jones can actually get in and get a legit takedown on Francis. But other than that, when they're on the feet, I, I see Jones being a little too slick uh, to get hit with a lot of those random punches that uh, Francis throws, it is a new dynamic now that he has defensive takedown or <laughs> defensive grappling. But I think Jones can literally stay on the outside, miss them shots, and then shoot in for a takedown, and that's where he's going to take over. Um, I, I, out of all – so everybody uh, is leaning Jones, and I'm leaning Jones too. The only thing that gives me concerns concern with Jones is this. When you put on that much muscle, there's a cost to pay for having that to, to bulk up and get bigger. And that's why I'm thinking if Jones comes in at like that 260, 265 range and he's big and muscular, kind of like an overwing type deal, then to me it's a pick em. Because I think with that extra muscle, obviously the, the the advantage to having that much more strength and power is he can corral a big fella, put him on the ground, and Jones has vicious ground and pound. He's not the kind of guy that lays in praise. He got the elbows from the bottom, from the top. He got um, good positioning as far as like keeping and holding position. So he'll be able to get side control and do damage. He can get damage from the mount. He can get damage from even just in a, inside of uh, Francis's guard. We don't even know if Francis has a guard. Haven't really seen him on his back in that in a wrestling situation yet. But we'll, we we will know if Jones can get him to the ground. Uh, in the stand up part, I think Jones has an advantage. Uh, normally, he has had an advantage traditionally at two hundred five at being able to keep distance and use those kicks like the the, uh, the push of the oblique kicks to the legs and things that can keep him on the outside 
and use the, using that 85 and a half inch reach. I think that is a big key is keeping, like uh, Brian said, from not getting hit, the way to not get hit is to stay on the outside, peppering them with the uh, with leg kicks and basically changing levels, making them have to defend everything. Like you gotta defend every inch of the octagon and keep them thinking. Because if you get the thing about Francis that scares me now, as opposed to before, before I would have said landslide Jones. But the reason why I'm not saying landslide Jones because Francis has a fucking jab now, and that's probably the easiest punch to land out of all strikes in, in any sport. And if Francis has so much power, he can uh, hurt you and hurt you with a jab. And that's a huge equalizer if he can establish a jab. Because I mean, while uh, Jones will have the reach advantage coming in at 85 and a half, um, Francis isn't that far behind. Francis has 83. He got 83, 83 right? Reach, yeah. So he's not that far behind. And he can close the distance because he has the threat of power. And when anytime, anytime you have a th- threat of power, guys have to circle away from your power shot. Brian, you know this. Um, when you know a guy has a power right hand, you're not going to that side. No, it's not right. right. You know, you know, you gotta it's set your left. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. And then just like you know, just like you said, John Jones is like he, he knows how to keep people on the outside with his with the with the leg game, the kick game. Uh, I, I don't think Gavin uh, knows how to really deal with that. I think he's dealt with that before. So, like, that's another. And plus the jab, like you said, on to reach on your other point, yeah, the jab with the Ngannou is, like, what's going to set everything up. So, like, he's got to establish a jab, and he's got a better jab now. Like, that opens, like, a lot of the the the, the, the game, the, the striking game. Right. And then – yeah. One thing we saw from Engano versus Stipe is he opened up with leg kicks. I don't know if you remember, like, the first round, Engano opened up throwing heavy leg kicks and landing them against Stipe, and that really caught Stipe's oh, attention. So if he can do that against Jones, that makes it a much closer fight. Look, I'm still, I'm, I still favor Jones, mainly because Jones has so much title fight experience. That he's able to go five rounds with the best in the world. He's been doing his entire career. So he knows the ins and outs of the game that Francis is still fucking learning. And he'll be able to exploit that by keeping Francis on the outside, peppering his legs, uh, changing levels. And, and John is obviously a more dynamic striker. And, he, and one thing John has not struggled with, has not struggled with in his entire career is power punchers. They have they've really had no threat to him. He's not he, he's never been really ch- challenged by power punchers. The guys that's given him the most trouble are volume strikers. That's how the first the Stuffson fight went when he went to they both had to go to the hospital. Dominic Reyes was able to do some damage, but he was doing it on straight volume, not power. Um and even if you watch the first half of that Tiago Santos fight before he, his knees got his, blew his knees out it was volume that he, and pressure that he was able to land shots with on John. So unless Francis starts stringing together some five and six pieces, that one shot at a time, she ain't going to do it, bro. So I, I, I want to say that this fight would probably be just by how Vegas has been doing it. Cause you look at, I've been looking at how Vegas sets up, their um, favorites. 
And it's a, a lot of it's based off perception of how they think the public's going to bet. Because sometimes you look at the lines, you're like, this line doesn't make any fucking sense. It should be a pick but this guy's a three-to-one favorite. So I'm thinking yeah. that, I'm thinking in that fight specifically, Francis is going to come out with the favorite, bro. They always do recency uh, bias. Yeah. Like whoever's last to fight gets the favorite, usually. Especially if they knock somebody out viciously. Yes. Or if they have like a lot of subs on their credit and their opponent's not that well known. So they give they give credit more credit to the person that's the more dynamic finisher. They get more they get a lot of credit in the um in the numbers game. If if uh it's anything more than two to one, I'm going I'm betting pretty heavy on Jones, bro. If it's anything more than two to one. But if it's close, then uh fuck. I'm gonna have a hard time not picking Francis. I think because one thing about Jones that that kind of makes me a little bit nervous is he has he has shown, especially in, especially at 205 in his last few performances, when you have so many wins in a row, you start to think you can't lose, and he hasn't lost. Like he hasn't lost in his career. That's what happened to Anderson Silva. I feel right before he went against uh, Weidman, uh, he was toying with him too much in that. Okay. Fight. You know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot. You know, the top, the top athletes almost always go through that. Tom Brady, after he won first three Super Bowls, it's like, is there? What else is there? Is there anything else to this? Michael Jordan left the game. Like, you know, Anderson Silva. Anytime you, you where it's like, where it's like nobody can touch me. Like, it's like, is this it? Like, you start, and then this dude, this dude has a track record. Of already being a fuck up, uh, uh, you know, off, uh, off, out the ring. You know what I mean. So like, who knows what what could happen, or who knows what kind of camp he has. If he even trains, if he even bulks up, if he even does what he says he's gonna do, or if he's gonna just party. One thing I will say to Francis's credit, uh, Ngannou has one thing going for him that John has kind of going against him. One thing about success, man, is it doesn't keep you up at night. When you when you got all the things going well for you, you got all the money, you're doing well, it's a little bit tougher to get out there and, like Mo says, flip tires. You're not losing sleep. You're not chomping at the bit to get better when you're already at the top. But Francis was embarrassed by Stipe when he lost that first time, and he was able to be humbled by that. And then that consequent next fight that was a snooze fest to Derek Lewis, that was probably something that gave him a lot of humility when it comes to the fight game. And you can only get that through loss. That's why a lot of greats, like, they get those lessons through L's. Some of them get it earlier in their careers, but, and then become who they are. Some of them get it a little bit later, but that's why I kind of give a lot of credit kind of going full circle to guys like Floyd Mayweather because no matter how much money that motherfucker has, he spends a lot of it, obviously, buying all these fucking cars and watches and shit, but no matter how much, how many times he gets these big paydays, he's still top tier, top notch when it comes to the end fight. He doesn't lose focus. And that's, that's huge, bro. It's hard to be good, great, the man, and still get up and run nine miles and still get up and be in a gym going ham and being able to be the top, the top dog. So John Jones has proven throughout his career that he has the ability to fight in these championship fights 
and come out on top no matter what. He comes out on top. So it's hard to bet against that. But, damn, like, this is going to be an intriguing one. I'm looking forward to this. I'm hoping they find a way to get this deal done. I'm sure they can. The UFC makes a fuckload of money. This is probably going to be the biggest fight of, for it, I mean, for the last five years. There's not a bigger fight that can be made. Literally, because it's the like this, it's the heavyweights, and it's not just any heavyweights. You got Engano, who's probably the scariest looking guy. So a casual fan just seeing Engano against anybody, you start queuing up those fucking highlight reels where he's putting Overeem's chin into fucking it, where he's knocking out. Um, pretty, pretty much, you can go who's who of all the guys he knocked out. He knocked out Cain Velasquez. He knocked out Curtis Blades. You know what I mean? He knocked out Jarzinho Rosen streak with fucking girl windmill punches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you look back at you cut up that promo with those highlight reels of him and nobody, everybody in and then as much as people hate Jones because he has a love hate type um, fanship with his following online. There's there's just as many people that hate him and want to see him lose as many people well, want to see him do well. Kind of similar to Floyd. People are going to be lined up just to pay to see him get his ass whooped. So that fight's going to do numbers. And both sides know that. I want to see it happen. Make it happen, Sean Shelby. Uh, Dana White, pay that man. Let's see it happen. All right. So on that note, you guys ready to call it? Any final, any, any, any closing thoughts? Nah. <laughs> good Mark yeah I'm good we can sit back oh thank you for having me I appreciate it man I look forward to doing another podcast with you guys in the future pleasure as always my brother pleasure as always zip it up zip it up zip it up la 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 la